What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, the list goes on and on and on. I will then spend time with your questions, pray with them, study them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity eternity um if you are a first-time listener you can hit me up with your own questions at www.assistionpress.com slash ask father josh spell out a-s-k-f-a-t-h-e-r-j-o-s-h you can also rate us and review us on itunes and spotify and google play and other podcast formats and shares on your social media pages this will help other people to find out about the gift of the show and finally, if you want to stay more connected with me, you can check out the Ask Father Josh show on Ascension Presents YouTube channel. We now have a few episodes out and uh, we can stay connected with each other through that platform as well. On today's show, we are going to talk about Thanksgiving conversations. How do we have conversations about the faith with our family members next week for Thanksgiving? We can also talk about how do we receive God's love whenever we just feel unlovable. We feel unworthy. We've been in confession, but we still don't feel good about ourselves. And finally, converge to Catholicism. If I'm not a Catholic yet, can I begin to receive the sacraments? Uh, but before we get into those topics, I want to share with you a glorious story. weather is changing right now you know when the weather changes, yeah your throat starts hurting mm. Mm. it's the worst but today was the best today was the best today we went to the seminary and i was it was so i'm so grateful i'm so grateful for this platform uh i've met so many seminarians at this point in my priesthood so many who have shared with me how just this ministry that i participate in through ascension has helped them with their discernment some of the guys have told me that watching the i will follow video that me and father mike schmitz did i think like seven years ago how that video has inspired some of them to enter seminary formation um and the other guys um just different podcasts as well so my glory story is i'm just grateful for you the listeners because of you choosing to listen we've continued to do the podcast and the podcast has blessed more people than i can imagine. And I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that God would use someone like me, uh, just an ordinary priest, to to draw people to the sacramental life of the church, to baptism and confirmation, to confession, to the Eucharist, to the sacrament of matrimony and the sacrament of holy orders. It's just such a, a gift that I don't deserve, but I'm so grateful, so grateful that God has called me. So that's my glory story. Just I'm grateful for y'all for rocking with me all these years because it's uh it's bearing a lot of supernatural fruit. We also got some feedback coming in today from Karen. Karen says this: "Just listen to your glory story about losing your favorite Bible and being okay with it. 
I just lost over 400 pages of notes from Father Mike's Bible in a Year podcast. After the initial panic and not being able to recover it from deleted files, I texted my cousin who has been doing Bible in a Year with me and let her know that I was actually okay with it. The most important things were written in my heart. And at the time, getting to know God is better and sharing thoughts daily on Bible in a Year with her could never be lost. God was just giving me another lesson on releasing my grasping. Ooh, this is good stuff. Someone actually asked me recently about the Tower of Babel. And even without my notes, I was able to share my new insights into that particular story. God is definitely enough. Ooh, you are growing in holiness. He is only, the only one I need to cling to. Yes. Love your singing and your insights, Father Josh. May God continue to bless you, Karen. Karen, ooh, that is that's good. That's good stuff. Talk about mm, that's growth and holiness. That's maturity and discipleship. Wow, that's good stuff, Karen. Praise God. With that being said, let's jump into today's show. coffee right now. I'm drinking water from my throat. All right, first question comes in from all the way from Africa from Anonymous about converting to Catholicism. Greetings from Africa. I was raised in the Anglican church, but went to a Catholic school where I fell in love with Catholicism and started really to feel like I was being called to become Catholic. I've been attending mass in the Catholic church for about 20 years now, and I know pretty much everything about Catholicism. I pray the rosary and I receive the Eucharist. I've been in confession in the Anglican church many years ago before I started going to the Catholic church, but I've never been to confession in the Catholic church, even though I really want to. Now, my questions are, number one, do I have to be baptized first to become a true Catholic so I can start going to confession? And number two, am I wrong to receive the Eucharist as I was not baptized in a Catholic church? This is a great two questions. So number one, yeah, baptism is the first sacrament that we must receive before we receive confirmation, before we receive reconciliation, before we could receive Holy Communion, Holy Orders, last rites, or marriage. And so if you were not baptized in the Anglican Church, I see you were raised there, but I don't know if you were baptized there. If you were baptized in the Anglican Church, the Anglican Church also baptizes in the Trinitarian formula, so we accept our baptism. We believe in one baptism. So whether you're baptized in the Catholic Church or in a Protestant Church, as long as it was with water and in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, then your baptism is valid. So if you are baptized in the Anglican Church, then you do not need to be rebaptized in the Catholic Church because the Bible again says we only believe in one baptism. So we respect all baptisms as long as they have the right matter and the right form. And if you were baptized in that tradition, then it seems that you would have had the right matter and right form. However, with that being said, going to confession in the Anglican Church actually does not count. Here's why. The Anglican Church broke off from the Catholic Church a number of years ago when the king, he wanted to divorce his wife because she couldn't have his babies, and so he wanted to marry somebody else. And so the Pope said, well, that's not a just reason to, to leave your wife because of her infertility. And so he just started his own new religion, totally broke away from the Catholic Church, and lost apostolic succession uh, in the years following uh, as far as the bishops and priests, etc. Right? So 
unlike the Catholic Church, we, we were founded by Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ breathed in the apostles, and he said, who sins you forgive are forgiven, who sins you retain are retained. So he gave that gift to the apostles. The apostles were then given the gift to ordain other bishops, and we see that even in the scriptures. After Judas betrayed Jesus, the apostles came together, they laid hands on another, and they've continued to lay hands on bishops, going all the way down to my bishop. The bishops have the fullness of the priesthood. They get to share in that priesthood of the apostles. Okay, so... And the bishops then decide when they ordain priests, like who has faculties to do what. So not even every priest is ordained has faculties to hear confessions and absolve sins. That is a gift that is bestowed upon them by Jesus Christ through the bishop giving him permission. So when I was ordained, I was given my faculties to celebrate mass, to hear confessions, to anoint people, to marry people, and even to confirm at times. And so we have been given these gifts because we share in our bishop's priesthood. All right, so the Anglican a priest that you went to confession to does not share in the authority of the church. He does he did not receive apostolic succession. And so that that gift of hearing confessions and absolving sins does not belong to them. So they can hear your confession all day long, but they cannot absolve your sins. The thing about communion is this you can't receive communion uh, until you've been absolved of your sins, whether it's through baptism, which is when adults get baptized, all their sins are forgiven if it's their first time getting baptized, um, or through the sacrament of reconciliation, which is why even uh, we don't let kids receive their first Holy Communion until after they've gone to the sacrament of reconciliation, they've gone to confession. So you would need to go to confession before you receive the Eucharist. Um, in order to go to confession, you don't need to be rebaptized because you're already baptized, it seems. So you would need to be confirmed in the faith, which means you would go through what's called RCIA. And that could be through group sharing or through one-on-one RCIA with your uh, director of that particular ministry or even with your priest or deacon. Um, if you've been going to church, though, for over 20 years, you might not need to go through RCA. You're already praying the rosary. You already have studied the church's teachings. So it might be good to do like a little refresher course with your priest or with your deacon um, and then see if they will accept you in the church uh, sooner than later. But yes, I, if I were you, I would stop receiving the Eucharist. I would fast from that gift of the Eucharist and wait until you're confirmed. And so that way you, you also long to receive him again, to receive the Eucharist, to, to receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Savior, Jesus Christ, again. But just wait for it. Like the, that song in Hamilton says, wait for it, wait for it. Just wait for it, right? So I would encourage you to Reach out to your your Catholic priest and ask, tell him what your story is, um, and ask him to give you a refresher course. And if he thinks that you're ready, then he could confirm you really at any time. He doesn't have to wait till the Easter Vigil to confirm you. He could confirm you at any point whenever he believes that you're ready to uh, make your first reconciliation with him, and then uh, you could then receive your first Holy Communion as a Catholic. So, anonymous, I will be praying for you. I think that this is a very beautiful journey that you are on. I am so grateful that you have fallen in love with Catholicism. It is the faith that Jesus Christ founded over 2,000 years ago. And I praise God that you have been going to Mass for over 20 years. You've been praying the Rosary. No doubt our Blessed Mother has been walking with you to this very moment. And so now I think that the Blessed Mother is praying for you that you will receive the fullness of the gift that the Church has to offer you through the Sacrament of Confirmation, Reconciliation, and Holy Communion. So please be assured of my prayers for you. Speaking of receiving God's love, the next question comes in from Lara, and she writes this. I've spent most of my life, all my life, I pray for someone like you. And I thank God that I, that I finally found you. Uh, I've spent most of my life feeling 
not good enough, and hating myself. I was bullied as a child. I'm so sorry. I became very overweight as a young adult. I've fallen into sexual sins. I have taken my sins to confession and turned my life around. Uh, turn around every now and then. But at my core, I still feel like a worthless and disgusting person. And I don't know how to accept God's love. How can I believe in and accept his love for me? So I'm going to say three things. Number one, uh, therapy. Um, if you have a good Catholic therapist in your area, I would encourage you to reach out to that person. Number two, good spiritual direction. If you are beginning to spend time with God in prayer, it might be good to get a spiritual director to accompany you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. But number three, recognize this. You are being attacked right now, Laura, by Satan, the father of lies. Satan has a plan for your life, and Satan is speaking lies to you right now, telling you that you are worthless and disgusting. Those, those thoughts are not mere feelings. Those are demons that are, are communicating to you. And the devil is a liar. He is lying to you. And so I would encourage you and invite you to renounce those lies. By virtue of your baptism, you are the body of Jesus Christ. And you have the authority as the body of Jesus Christ to renounce those lies. And here's how you do it. It's very simple. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am disgusting. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am worthless. In the name of Jesus, I proclaim the truth that I am good. In the name of Jesus, I proclaim the truth that the Father delights in me. In the name of Jesus, I proclaim the truth that I am forgiven by the grace of God through the sacrament of reconciliation. I would also encourage you, because I, I just perceive as I was reading with your question and praying with your story that the people who bullied you, I know you've gone to confession for your sins, but maybe there might be a, a, a sin there that has, has not been confessed. And if it has, um, then, then, then this might not apply to you. I'm not infallible, but I just perceive that there might be some unforgiveness in your heart, some hatred that you have, not just toward yourself, but hatred towards the people who bullied you as a child, some unforgiveness in your heart. And so I just want to invite you to repeat this prayer after me whenever you can. In the name of Jesus, I forgive and then insert the name of the person who bullied you. I entrust, insert the name of the person, to you, Jesus, to your divine mercy. Bless them, Lord. Give them the graces that they need to become the saint that you desire for them to be. Bless them. If we hold on to unforgiveness, if we believe these lies and entertain these words that come to us from Satan, then we will go in a downward spiral. And so I think it's just important for you to recognize that the enemy hates you. He watches you day and night. He knows it's going to trigger you, and he's constantly speaking these lies to you. So in addition to going to confession, in addition to receiving the Eucharist, in addition to reading sacred scripture, I would encourage you very much, Laura, to whenever these thoughts come, renounce them in the name of Jesus Proclaim the blessing, proclaim the truth. And if there ever is any unforgiveness in your heart, then in the name of Jesus, forgive them. By his power and by his authority, by his priesthood, forgive them. Bless them. Father, for they, they don't know what they've done. Pray that prayer with Jesus. Father, forgive them for they don't even know what they've done. So, Laura, that's, um Yeah. Also, I'm praying for you too. So just as I'm praying for our anonymous friend in Africa, I'm praying for you as well. Uh, so just be assured that I'm, our Ask Father Josh community will also be praying for you. Um, because, I, yeah, even though they're lies, they feel real, right? They feel real. 
They do. They do. And so, yeah, it's a journey. It's a journey. But you're not alone. We're with you. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we come back. We're going to dive into our final question about Thanksgiving conversations. If you've enjoyed the Rejoice Advent resources in the past Advents, you know firsthand how God can use the season of Advent to foster a personal encounter with Him so that you are ready for the person of Jesus Christ at Christmas. My name is Father Mark Toops, author of the Rejoice Advent Meditation Series, and I'm excited about this year as we invite you on a pilgrimage as we learn more about the places, people, and events of the very first Advent. I am humbled with all of you who have uh, celebrated with me the gift of Advent. Over 100,000 people have been a part of the Rejoice resource in the past. It's been a humble privilege for me to walk with you, and I'm excited about this year's pilgrimage as we learn more about those places, people, and events of the very first Advent. To learn more and to go on the pilgrimage with us, go to rejoiceprogram.com. Until we see you in this Advent journey, God bless you. All right, all right, all right. Final question is about Thanksgiving conversations from Andrea. Andrea says this, hey, Father Josh, with Thanksgiving coming up, how do I prepare for family conversations? Do you have any recommendations for sharing the faith with family members who do not practice or how to encounter them and love them when talking about difficult topics? Thanks, Andrea. I think there's a few things that you could do. Number one is you could begin right now to ask the Holy Spirit to give you the gift of tongues, to give you the gift of tongues, to say only the words that God wants you to say when you go to spend time with your family members at Thanksgiving. Number two, to ask the Holy Spirit to give your family members that you're going to encounter at Thanksgiving the gift of interpretation of tongues so that they will only hear the words that God wants for them to hear that will edify the body of Christ, that will build up the body of Christ, that will draw them to encounter the love of Jesus Christ in and through you. Number three, get to know your audience, right? So you know your family more than I know your family, and everybody's family is different. They're introverts, they're extroverts, they're sanguines, they're melancholics, they're cholerics, they're phlegmatics. There are people who are who are loud and who are quiet, who are, I mean, there's just so many different things, right? So, so many different dynamics and factors that are in play here. So I think it's important that you know your audience, that you know your audience, um, and that before we begin to have difficult conversations, it's, it's really good to have, like, lighthearted conversations and to be able to laugh with each other and to remember why we love each other, to remember that the other person is a person. And so I want to first encourage you to, to share the joy of just what's happening in your life and what's going on in their lives and the good things. Then if you aren't already doing projects with the poor, I would encourage you to get proximate to those who are poor, to those who are sick, to those who are suffering, and then talk about it with your family. Typically, whether someone's a Catholic or a Protestant, an atheist or agnostic, a Muslim, a Hindu or a Jew, most people have goodwill and most people enjoy doing some kind of charity work, serving those who are less fortunate. And if your family hears that you have been dedicating your time, devoting intentional, consistent time at the food pantry or in the soup kitchen or at the homeless shelter or in the streets with the poorest of the poor, they might be inspired to say, well, can I join you? Can I come with you? And you can even invite them. Hey, would you like to come? Would you want to come and do this with me? That could be a natural like beginning to like, like start with that kind of stuff. And then whoever does choose to come, 
then over time, begin to have coffee with that person and just share the joy of what God is doing in your life with that person. Talk about the gift of the sacrament of reconciliation for you with that person. Talk about your love for a particular homily you've heard or a priest who shared it with her or a sister whose work is inspiring you with that person one-on-one. I mean, imitate Jesus. Jesus quite often would pull people off to the side and have one-on-one conversations with them. He would walk with small groups. And so sometimes at a large gathering like Thanksgiving, it's not the place to have like a super deep conversation in front of everybody. That could be very uncomfortable for a lot of us. But if you can at least begin to initiate some kind of a dialogue, if you can invite someone in your family to go deeper, uh, then that might be the best way. But again, at the same time, you're praying for gifts of tongues, for them to have interpretation of tongues. So Holy Spirit might just inspire you to to say something that you'd have never imagined to say. Um, so that's that. Final point is is your own prayer life, like in general. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more he's just going to give you the grace in the present moment. So much so that we don't have to prepare for things. We are in relationship with God. We spend time with God every day. We are abiding in his love and his grace and his mercy. And because of that, we are able to then go out and to have those conversations with him in his will, in his way, in his time, in our walk toward eternity. So above all else, be rooted in prayer. Be rooted in daily prayer, daily time with Jesus in the Bible before the Blessed Sacrament, daily time with the Lord. And he will give you his mind. He will give you his words. He'll give you his eyes. He'll give you his ears. He will be the one to direct your conversations with those whom you hold dearest in your heart. So my voice is really hurting right now. Allergies are acting up. So I'm just going to go ahead and stop talking and let's just pray in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, have your way with us. Have your way with us. You are welcome in our homes. You are welcome in our families. You are welcome in our conversations. God, have your way with us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, y'all. Until next time, deuces. Deuces.